All right. I'm going to begin by answering the question that I think you're all probably asking, um, which is, if we're going to spend more time focusing on prayer in every other aspect of worship, does that mean we're going to spend a little bit less time listening to me talk? The answer is yes. Okay? I mean, we're going to spend a little bit more time doing the things we're talking about and a little bit less time of me talking at you about them. And we're going to do that throughout this series. So as we're going through Faith Path, uh, if we're going to have a week where we're going to talk about worship and the importance of praising God, we're going to spend a little bit more time worshiping and praising God. If we're going to have a week like today where we're focusing on prayer, we're going to spend more time in prayer to God. Because one of the things that, that we're really trying to instill in, in our families is that the way you teach your kids to pray is not by telling them how to do it, it's by praying with them. And the way that we teach our kids how to give and serve is not by teaching our children about giving and serving, it's giving and serving with our children. It's inviting them into the practices of faith that are so important to, to developing and forming uh, men and women of faith, is doing it. It's putting into action the things that faith is all about. And so this morning as we spend time praying together, I, I want to talk a little bit about what prayer is. And, and I want to give you, uh, if you want to know the secret formula to great prayers, here's how you pray the greatest prayers. The secret formula to great prayers is this. There is no secret formula to great prayers. Uh, which is unusual, right? Because it seems like when you go to church, when you hear a prayer, uh, it should start with, uh, Dear Heavenly Father, so you've got your address. Uh, thank you for this day. We've got Thanksgiving. Uh, and something about the weather, whether it's good or bad, you let God know what the weather is. Uh, and then you move into requests. Here's the things that we would desire. Uh, and, and God, now that we've covered the things we desire, I'm going to say something about Jesus and amen. That seems like the formula because it's at least how most of our prayers happen, right? That should be the way that prayer takes place. But here is the secret that I want you to get today. And if you don't take anything else away from this sermon, take this. Is that prayer is not an order of things that you say uh, in a certain order to get a certain result from God. That's not what prayer is. What prayer is, is any time or any way that you bring your heart, mind, body, and soul into the presence of God so that your will and God's will can come closer together. Yes. Yes. It's any time in any way that you come into the presence of God so that your will and God's will can come closer to being the same. That's what prayer is. And the more we understand that definition of prayer, it changes how we pray. And so prayer goes from being something where you bow your head and close your eyes and put your hands together and, and go through the certain number of things that you're supposed to do between the dear Heavenly Father and the Amen in the right order to cover all your bases. And it becomes something else entirely. Because when you understand that it's any time you bring your body and heart, mind and soul into the presence of God so that your will and God's will can become one, if that's your understanding, can you do it while you're moving? Yeah. Absolutely. While you're driving? Yes. yes. It's much safer to have this understanding of prayer than closing your, uh, closing your eyes and, and holding your hands together while driving. Don't do that. But if you understand that prayer is just trying to get your will and God's will to be one, you can do that while on the road. You can do it while walking or moving. You can do it in creative ways. You can be silent and accomplish it. You can be speaking and accomplish it. You can be listening and accomplish this. 
You can do it together. You can do it alone. There are so many different ways to pray when you unlock this understanding of what prayer is. When you begin to think of it this way. And so this takes us outside of our normal arsenal of prayers. If you think about the way that we often teach our children to pray, we kind of give them four tools for prayer, right? The first one is is what I kind of call the Santa Claus prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, what I would like is a new bike and for people to be nicer to me and for me to be this and for me to get that and for all of the things that I want to happen. Uh, I've been really good lately. If you don't mind, I would like my reward. Santa Claus prayer. The second one uh, is, is good. It's the, uh, the or it's not good, the guilty kid in the principal's office prayer. This is where you go to pray to God, and, and right when you get there and you realize that God sees you, all of a sudden you rewind through your day and remember all the things you did wrong. And God knows too, and you know that he knows, and you know that you know, so you have to have a, a, your own little private confessional. Hey, God, I guess you saw that, and you know about that. Sorry about that. I'll try and not do that again. Is there any chance you could forget about that? Okay, anyways, I'm going to go now. Bye. Right? The guilty kid in the principal office prayer. There's a Thanksgiving prayer where you just say, count your many blessings, name them one by one. It's a great prayer. And it's one that we need to have as part of our prayer toolkit. And we teach kids to be thankful, and that's good. Uh, and then the fourth one is uh, the good night and the dinner prayer, the kind of ritual prayers that we have in our homes where you just, you know, God, thank you for this day. Help me to sleep really well. And, and you rarely get to the amen of the good night prayer because you stayed up later and you should and you fall asleep partway through it. Uh, or the dear God, thank you for this meal that we're about to consume. Amen. Let's eat. The prayers that are there that are built into our routine, those are all good prayers. But they're not all the prayers that we need in our homes. They're not all the prayers that we need in our toolkit. And so this morning, as we've been going through our worship service, what I hope you've seen is that we've been incorporating other kinds of prayers. And we've been doing other kinds of requests and other ways of coming into the presence of God so that our will and His will can become one. And I want to tell you what I mean when I say that. We often think about prayers being where we try and talk God into doing what we want. Where we try and change God's mind about what's going to happen so that he can intervene and interrupt. And sometimes it works that way and sometimes it doesn't. I want to give you two passages uh, that, that give us a story of someone praying and showing how their will or God's will moves in the course of the prayer. The first one is this. In 2 Kings chapter 20, uh, Hezekiah is king. And it says, in those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you're going to die. You will not recover. Lord. It says then that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I've walked with you, how I've walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. 
and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant, David. Isaiah goes to Hezekiah in this text, and he says to Hezekiah, you're going to die immediately, soon. Get your house and your affairs in order. Your death is imminent. Hezekiah turns to the wall and he prays to God and he says, God, I've been good. I've been faithful. I've I've served you with with wholehearted devotion. Don't take my life now. Don't let me die now. And Isaiah is not even out of the building. He's not even across the street yet when God comes to him and says, hey, go back and tell Hezekiah, I heard his prayer and I've changed my will to match his will. I am responding to that prayer. Hezekiah came into my presence and asked me, begged me for more life, and I'm going to give him 15 more years. God's will moves and it changes Hezekiah's life. Now, the second text I want to look at is different. Because in this one, this is in Acts chapter 10, and Peter is doing his noon prayers. Uh, And so Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 9, it says, About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. It was customary in in, uh, Jerusalem and in Israel to pray at noon and at three. And so often you see very spiritual things happening at noon and at three. The reason it's happening at those times is because people are in prayer during those times. So on one of Peter's occasions to pray, he goes up on the roof and he became hungry and he wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheep being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. I want to stop for just a second and show you here that Does Peter understand who the voice is that's giving him instructions? He does, actually. Because he says, surely not, Lord. Surely not, Lord. He doesn't say, uh, inanimate voice giving me instructions, leave me alone, I know you not. He says, Lord, I will not do what you're telling me to do. I never have, I never will. So the voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who is known as Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. What we see here is that Peter is getting a vision from God that's telling him, you can eat unclean things. And the instruction that is attached to that from the Spirit comes and tells him, I want you to go and preach to Gentiles. To Cornelius, who is this Gentile, go and take them this word from the Lord. Tell them about Jesus. Take them the gospel so that they can receive the Spirit so that they can be baptized and become followers of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to go where you don't want to go. Peter's response to this vision is, surely not, Lord. God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to Gentiles. I don't want to preach to people who eat unclean foods. I don't want to eat unclean foods. I don't want any part of that. 
But he goes to God in prayer. And what happens when he's in prayer? God moves Peter's will to match God's will. We need to always be open to the possibility that when we are in prayer, that God is going to move us to where he needs us to be. Prayer is not just an opportunity for us to try and go move God into action. We need to have times that we go to God in prayer so that he can move us into action, so that he can be shaping us. We should never go into the presence of God and expect to leave unchanged. Prayer is a place where we come into God's presence and we should expect to leave as transformed people. One of the things... Uh, a prayer that, that I've come to, to practice from time to time, and I want to just share it with you right now because it's been a great blessing to me, uh, is something called a breath prayer. And, and it's an actual practice of trying to, to, to breathe your prayers. And so what you do in a breath prayer, and, and my favorite breath prayers are scriptures, is you have a single phrase that you pray on an inhale and a, a second phrase that you pray on your exhale. And so as you're breathing... You're praying, and it reminds you that the prayer feeds your soul as air feeds your body. My favorite uh, breath prayer to pray is helpful to me because when I'm anxious, it's usually because I've bought into the illusion that I'm in control in my life, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Um, and when I'm, I'm feeling very confident in myself, it's usually because I've bought into the illusion that I'm in control in my life. Uh, And so for me, one of the most important breath prayers is to get rid of that illusion that I'm in control and to give some of that control to God. And when I want to do that, what I pray as I'm breathing is John the Baptist's words from John chapter 3, where John says, uh, I'm going to read it so I don't get off on it, he must become greater and I must become less. He must become greater, I must become less. And so what I do is on my inhale, I say, he must become greater. And as I exhale, I pray, and I must become less. And I imagine that as I'm breathing, I'm inhaling more of God into my own body, and I'm exhaling myself so that I become filled with God's presence and not with my own fullness of my own presence. So what I want to invite you to do for just a second is to to just relax, and as you inhale, pray this prayer Uh, God, be greater. And as you exhale, help me to be less. Or any version of that that the words work for you. This form of prayer can work with any set of two simple phrases. Uh, But it reminds us, and and this is helpful for me, in that it's a prayer that's not about moving God. It's a prayer that's about shaping me. Allows me to come into God's presence and relax in his presence and be formed by a simple, simple prayer. And as I breathe, I become in contact with God's spirit, and I become shaped by that. My hope today as we've been going through this worship service is that you've gained some kind of a tool that broadens and deepens and enriches your prayer life.
We've had a number of prayers today. We've had uh, silence before God was part of our intro prayer. Uh, we had the Lord's Prayer read in community, which is also praying scripture. One of the things you can do is open your Bible and not just read it for study, but read it for prayer. And pray over scripture and ask that God breathe life into you through his own words. We've sang prayers. We've had an imaginative prayer that involved the Last Supper. We've had breath prayers. Uh, Bill Hull introduced you to an artistic prayer this morning. Uh, if you find that when you go to pray that you have a hard time focusing and you go through your list and then you kind of get to the end of your prayer and go, well, now what? The, these coloring prayers can be an incredible activity. So take your crayon or marker or whatever it is, and in each corner with a different color, you write something you want to pray about. And it might be praying for one other person in this area and for yourself in this area and for the world in this area and for something uh, exalting God in this corner. And each color is a different prayer focus. And as you color, anytime you switch the color that you're coloring with, you switch your prayer focus. You switch the thing that you're, you're praying about. And so it drives you into a focus on that which you want to be communicating with God about the most. And if you run out of words, you don't have to stop coloring. You can just allow yourself to listen to what God may need you to hear about someone you're praying for or about an area where you need to grow in yourself. Art and prayer can go together as easily as silence and prayer can. You know, children learn with their hands and their whole bodies, but the reality is that all of us do. God created us to be spirits with flesh on the outside. We are all wrapped in bodies. And it's crazy that we think that only part of us can be activated in prayer. God desires for all of us to be engaged in prayer. I love that Alton got down on one knee as he led us in our opening prayer this morning. He was activating his body and his soul to do some spirit work together. Amen. And there's no reason that we need to turn our bodies off to turn our spirits on. Your spirit is wrapped in a body for the purpose of doing soul work. And so often when you get in your prayer life, the best soul work you can do in your prayer life is going to be when you're activating both your spirit and your body, Amen. letting them come together and do the work that God has called you to do, not turning part of you off so that you can activate another part, but using your whole self in prayer. We're going to end in a prayer, uh, one of my favorite prayer exercises uh, is called an examine prayer. And it's a prayer that's often prayed at the end of the day to go back and examine the day that has passed and anticipate the day that is coming and ask God to reveal to you something that you need to know about your day. And again, prayer not just being about what we want God to do in our lives. And we need those prayers. And in fact, we end our service every week with a prayer going to God and asking him to do things on behalf of this body. And we're going to do that today. But prayer is also an opportunity for us to be shaped and molded and to have things revealed to us in God's presence that can be a blessing to us. I want to lead you now in, in a prayer that will last several minutes uh, that invites you into God's presence and invites you to examine the past day or past several days and to anticipate what God may have in store for you next. God, I ask that you would make your presence known to us in this moment. If we're comfortable doing so, we place our hands, palms up, in a gesture of being receptive to what you will offer us in this time of being in your presence and time of prayer.
Spend a few moments in gratitude, thanking God for one or two of the blessings, big and small, that you've received this weekend. Reflect on your relationship with God. Talk to God about it. How is your relationship going? Do you feel close to or distant from God right now? Have you spent quality time with God or have you been neglectful? Do you get a sense God is very close to you when you call on him? Are you bored with God? When you look upon God's face, do you feel joy, gratitude, shame, fear. Ask God to reveal his perspective on your relationship with him lately. Talk to God about your relationship with others at this moment. Lately, when you are around others, has your attitude been grumpy, friendly, passive, affirming? Is there a relationship that has been unusually good or unusually sour lately? Speak with God about this, asking him to show you his perspective on it. Talk to God about how your relationship with yourself has been going lately. Do you like yourself nowadays? Are you mad at yourself? Tender or harsh with yourself? What factors in your life have led to these attitudes and behaviors toward yourself? Speak to God about this, asking for his perspective on it. Now think back on these past three reflections, your relationship with God, your relationship with others, and the relationship with yourself. Which of the three moments felt most powerful to you? In which of these moments did you have the strongest emotional response as you reflected on the relationship? Revisit that one relationship asking for forgiveness, giving God thanks, asking God to give you insight to help you move forward in this relationship or to reveal to you something about it. Ask God, what would you like me to do about this relationship as I move forward? What gradual shifts might I initiate? What parts of the relationship might I nurture? Which parts of it might I let go of or even put a stop to? Ask God, what specifically can I do today regarding this relationship? If appropriate, make a commitment to God about how you may proceed in the future of this relationship and ask God to help you keep this commitment.
Are there any last words that you wish to say to the Lord during this time of being in His presence? It's a sign of the closing of the prayer. We together say, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. This morning, if you need to respond to the invitation that Jesus Christ offers, that if you have any need, any prayer need, any spirit need, any need of your, uh, in, your, in your body, or if you need to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ, please come forward this morning as we stand and sing.